Hello, everybody. This is Legal Man. Welcome to the show. It's going to be a good episode. I want to talk about the legal profession. I also want to give people an idea of my own personal background in it and what I've kind of experienced and seen. Because I think people have a lot of misunderstanding about the law and lawyers and what they do and how do you find a lawyer and what's a good lawyer and there's just so much bullshit. It's like when I go to a doctor, if I didn't have two good doctor friends, I'd be screwed because I don't know what the hell to look for. And I really don't understand what doctors do because I'm not trained as a doctor. And for people that don't know me, I like to joke about the fact that I'm America's most trusted lawyer, but I have practiced for 30 years and I have seen an awful lot of crazy stuff. (laughs) So let's get the show started. The legal profession, there's a lot of misunderstandings about it mostly because it's a control system, a very important control system. The fact that there's central control system, it used to be religion controlled the people, but now they use the law for a long time now. They've used the law hundreds of years. It's really translated over completely to the law. The law is, is couched in all these terms. Uh, these, they have Latin terms everywhere. People don't understand what's going on. There's a fantastic amount of disinformation about it, all intentional because They don't want people to figure out what the law really is, how it actually operates. And that's really one of the main reasons I started my podcast was to sort of pull back the veil on this bullshit they call the law. There were no law schools when the country was founded. The way you became a lawyer was you simply studied under someone who was a lawyer. In our country, you would you would read the Constitution and you would read your state statutes and things like that, and you would become familiar with them. And you might might read a couple of famous cases to kind of understand legal reasoning. And then you just kind of watch the lawyer and what they did. Now, today, you have this incredibly complex state-sponsored load of shit where you have to go to an accredited law school, Okay, so the state controls the accreditation, which means the state controls the curriculum, which means the state controls the brainwashing. Most law schools, you don't even read the Constitution. You read case law. You read the interpretation of law by courts. That's what you read. You don't read the law. You read what the courts have said about the law. Now, there's a huge difference, and it just imbues people with this concept that the Supreme Court's the law of the land. Now, I'm not going to go over that in detail because I've done it many times, and you can listen to those podcasts. The purpose of this one is to talk about the practice of law. And when I got out of law school, I worked for a very large firm that has offices all over the world and has hundreds and hundreds of lawyers in it. And I really didn't like it. I can just tell you right now that inside those big, big firms, You've got some very good lawyers, but you also have a lot of hacks, and you've got an unbelievable amount of scammery going on. I mean, I saw a lot of abuse of the clients. It was one of the main reasons I left. I just, I couldn't stomach the way they treated these large accounts. Now, granted, most of these large accounts, it's not even their money. It's not even their money. It's just corporate money. It's just a legal department. But still, you're supposed to take I mean, you take an oath, you're supposed to have obligations to your client, but they just milk the living shit out of these clients all the time. And it wasn't like it was only my firm. It was, all these firms do it. It's, it's just a business where they just charge, they were charging a buck a page for copies. This is back in the late 80s, early 90s. This was huge money. I had a partner I worked for, he joked that the copy machines were a lot more valuable than the associates because he was right. That guy loved me because he was a straight shooter. And he liked me. I had a lot of enemies at the firm. It's another reason I left because I spoke a lot of truth and they didn't like it. And uh, they were, they were, 
<laughs> they weren't honest with people. And the reality is tons of uh, people left. They just had massive turnover. And the clients have no idea to the extent that they're uh, individuals. And, but people have this idea that you work at a big firm. Oh, a big firm. I work at a big firm and name brand. I'm not going to drop names. Oh, I work blah, 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 blah. Lowenstein and Schlimbach. <laughs> Greenberg and Shorenstein or some shit. Just... And people think, oh, wow, that's a big deal. In fact, I had a buddy who was, he's one of the best lawyers I've ever known. And he left, of course, as well, went out in private practice. And he used to joke that the only value that working at the firm we worked at was that when you went to these snooty parties and someone asked you where you worked, you said the name, everyone was like, ooh. <laughs> uh, and beyond that, it was crap. <laughs> There was a lot of truth to that. He's a really good guy. So anyway, I left there for a variety of reasons. But while I was there, I saw all sorts of litigation. I mean, all sorts of litigation, huge antitrust cases, tons of collection cases, all sorts of bullshit. I saw the way they, they operated. And it's a scam. It's really seriously a scam. So I wanted to go there because they told me I was going to get trials. Okay, well, I tried a few civil cases there, but most people just don't go to trial at a large firm. In fact, most civil lawyers, there's only a couple kinds of civil lawyers who really try cases. For the most part, most of them don't try cases because most cases don't get tried. <laughs> That's all. They don't get tried. It's a 98% settlement rate, and a lot of those things are being tried just because they have to be tried. A lot of them are insurance cases where, you know, they got maximum authority. That's it. They go down, they roll the dice, and they try them. Uh, or they make you a crap offer and you stourize them, which just means you say, well, if you don't pay us and we hit you for more, then we can, hit, we can bust the policy. And there's, there's all sorts of technical reasons cases get tried, um, as opposed to because one side thinks it got such a great case. So when I left there, I left and I went to the public defender's office. I took a huge pay cut, but I wanted to try cases. And I, I was really pretty down on civil law at that point. So I went to the criminal courts and they were a lot more fun, but my God, were they corrupt. <laughs> I got kicked out of three courts in one year <laughs> because it, what was going on was outrageous. And I had to threaten to, to go to the bar against the, one of the DA supervisors in, my, in one of my courts. The way the system worked was outrageous. I'd, I'd come in and the, the judge would be having all these ex parte communications with the DAs, just going over the cases. It's completely fucking outrageous. I had one that basically ran a debtor's prison. These people didn't have any money. They weren't able to get out and go on probation and pay all these fees. And so what would happen is the court would require they get out on probation. Well, you have a right to sit it out. You have a right to sit out your time. You get jail credit for the amount of time you're in. Every day is worth a certain amount of money. And it doesn't even have to be a full day. If you, if you get booked in at 1159, you get credit for that day as far as a day in jail and the money. And all that goes towards uh, probation fees and fines and court costs and all this crap they tack on because ultimately the criminal courts are just a money-making shakedown uh, of a lot of people. Once they charge you, what are you going to do? <laughs> what are you going to do? You got to hire a lawyer. You got to once you hire a lawyer, you're going to get you're going to you got to start paying your lawyer. And most of these criminal cases with the private lawyers. 
They'll just ride the dock until the defendant has fully paid his, his fees, and they won't plead him out until then. It's, it's, there's a huge amount. You just go down, you pass the case, you pass the case, you pass the case. But the trials were interesting because you got to see really how bad the jurors were. And there was one time, I remember, I was down there watching a buddy trial a case and <laughs> watching him basically pick the jury. And he was, he was telling the jurors about how if you get on this jury, you're going to be asked to sentence this person if you convict them. And the question is, can you give them probation for the crime they've been accused of? And one juror, potential juror, raised their hand and says, well, I think, I don't know. I mean, I think I could probably do that if I didn't think they were guilty. <laughs> That's the kind of jurors you had in the county I was a PD in. That gives you an idea of how crazy it is when you go down there to try a case because you can just get the worst kind of jurors. Here's a juror who thinks that if the person didn't do it, then they'll give them probation. <laughs> so needless to say, the criminal justice system is poorly named. I used to call it the just a system <laughs> because it's just a system. It's, it's not in any way a legit system to do justice. It's just a giant churn. And all the stuff going on with the PDs, and the, which are the public defenders, and these guys who were friends with the judges who would get the cases assigned to them, they were all supposed to be assigned by wheel. So in other words, if you have a private lawyer and you need a lawyer, as opposed to getting the, the public defender, you could also get a private lawyer. They would, that, yeah, they would assign one to you because you have a right to a lawyer. If you, don't, if you can't afford one, one will be appointed to you. Well, what most people got appointed was these lawyers who were friends with the judges who would make sure they would plead these people out. I'd sit in the attorney workroom, the defense workroom, and hear them badgering their poor fucking criminal defendants into taking pleas because they just get paid and they just want to click, 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 click through the cases. And if they start setting a bunch of trials, well, then the judge isn't going to give them any of the cases because the judge just wants to move the uh, cases. And so the whole system is fantastically corrupt beyond belief. And... This is beyond the fact that if you try to case to the judge themselves, which I did a couple of times, I learned my lesson very quickly that most of these judges, uh, they can't be trusted to try a case. The beyond a reasonable doubt, that thing was, uh, well, if I think he might have done it, kind of standard is all they used. But you think about getting assigned this lawyer who was being paid by the state. So you're charged by the state with a crime that's made by the state. You're being prosecuted by the state in a state-run court with a lawyer that the state has paid for that has a conflict of interest because if he sets your case for trial, he's probably going to stop getting uh, very many cases from the judge. <laughs> that's the great system you got down there. Okay, that's a great system. And I could tell you stories after story about the insanity that went on down there. But needless to say, after about a year, I left because a buddy of mine was in a different city where I'd gone to school. And I went back down there to join him and, a, and another guy I didn't really know. And we had a PI firm, which is a personal injury firm. And we, we ran a lot of different kinds of cases. And of course, that business was just as corrupt. It was fantastically corrupt. There's... <laughs> uh, there's something called runners, okay? Now, a runner is somebody who goes out and gets cases and gives them to lawyers for fees. Okay, this, is, this is not allowed, but this is the way the entire personal injury business runs. And most of the lawyers who are advertising on television, they're running cases. They're running their real cases. And the TV advertisements, at least 
in my state now, they're just cover to run the cases because you got to have an explanation for how you're getting the cases. <laughs> and it's not, you're not allowed to run cases. You're not allowed to pay somebody to have them referred over to you. But all the cases are like that. You've got emergency room doctors, you've got EMTs, you've got firemen, you've got cops. Every one of them gets paid for making a phone call when a bad case or an accident occurs. And they make a phone call to a lawyer, they know that's going to pay them. Now, of course, they're all going to deny it. It doesn't happen. But I know what happens because I was approached countless times by runners and given fee schedules and everything else. And the only reason I didn't do it, the only reason I didn't do it, not because I think there's anything wrong with it, because I don't. <laughs> Especially these lawyers, a lot of times, like the really top lawyers that are PI lawyers, they're all running their cases. Um, and it's not that they don't have people that that also know them, they get cases legitimately, but they just run a huge amount of cases and I don't see anything wrong with it. I mean, believe me, to get to some of these top lawyers, it's hard. They don't want to take your case. If one of those top lawyers will take your case, that's a great deal for the person because they've got the money, they've got the know-how, and they're going to get you top dollar. Yeah, they're going to take their cut, but they're going to take the same cut as the shitty lawyer who runs your case or the shitty lawyer who your brother-in-law happens to know who's, who's going to get you a worse deal. And so I don't see anything wrong with running cases. I just don't. I don't see anything wrong with it. It's the, it's the free market, but it's illegal. And I didn't do it because, like I said, not because there's anything wrong, because I was going to be an honest lawyer if, I came, if the case came to me. But if I did that, then I become subject to at any time being blackmailed by the people I've been dealing with. And these are criminals. <laughs> they know what they're doing is illegal. Well, I don't have any way to defend myself against that. I don't want to become beholden to these people. I don't want to become something where they make a phone call. They're in trouble. They let me know that if I don't step up and do whatever it is they want me to do, they're going to turn me in. I, I don't want that. I don't want if they get caught to have to worry about them rolling over on me because I certainly wouldn't be the only person they were selling cases to. So that's a bad deal, right? So that's a bad deal for me because the only way to get in that business is, is that the high levels, those guys all have their own set of leg breakers on staff. They can call. And, and that's the way that business is run. You know, you screw a guy, you know, a big name guy, and you're going to have trouble. And it's not going to be legal trouble. Trust me. You know, your car is going to be busted up. You're going to have an accident. Someone's going to break into your house. Someone's going to kill your dog. Um, it, they're just going to keep escalating it. So I don't have that. And I don't want to get into that business, okay? I'm not in the leg-breaking business. I don't know how to get in that business. I, I wasn't raised on the streets. I had one fight in my entire life. I'm, I'm not interested in causing physical violence to people. But the reality is, at the high level of all these kinds of business dealings, they all have leg breakers. <laughs> they all have leg breakers. That's all. And the lawyers, all these bullshit lawsuits, those are cover for the fact that there's going to be leg breakers settling this. There's going to be leg breakers settling problems between actual people. That doesn't include the businesses. The businesses don't use them. They use the courts because they've got them owned. But individual, private people, you jack them over? Lawsuit's the last thing you need to worry about. <laughs> Lawsuit's the last thing you need to worry about. You better not be go like to go scuba diving. <laughs> That's all I can say. Um, and so... So I did that practice for quite a few years, and then I had all sorts of problems with uh, my partners because the practice started becoming problematic in my state. They started to destroy the plaintiff's practice. They wiped out the plaintiff's practice. Oh, we're, we're pro-business, and the people run around like idiots pushing pro-business. Oh, crazy jury verdicts. <laughs> 
fools. The fools, they don't have the slightest damn idea what they're doing. They're cutting their own throats. Crazy jury verks. What the hell are they talking about? If you haven't sat through the, the trial, you have no idea what went on that trial. The idea that you can second guess a jury when a case you didn't sit through was silly. But of course, that's what the press pushes because they just press this pro-business atmosphere. Pro-business. In other words, we fuck over our individual citizens and the idiot citizens run around voting for it. Yay! <laughs> Complete idiots. And during the 90s in Texas, they were completely destroying the personal injury practice. In fact, it got so bad that car insurance companies, okay, were threatening in the beginning to pull out of Texas. Oh, we're going to pull out. Oh, we're just going to pull out. We're going to stop writing going to start writing uh, insurance. We're going to write coverage for, for car accidents. It's just all bullshit. They weren't going to pull out of a state like that. But the reality is what happened, it got so bad by the end of the 90s that the insurance companies were running ads on television talking about how, you know, DWI, bad driving record, no problem. We'll get you insurance, of course, because you can't go down there and get any money at a trial. And then when people would come in with serious accidents, you tell them, look, you know, this is what's going to happen. This is all you're going to get. You go down and try the thing. You're going to get screwed, right? Because everybody's all brainwashed. And so that's just a massive jury tampering system that they use. But you can't do anything about it. They can't do anything about it. But the juries are massively jury tampered with at all times. The, the stupid hot coffee case uh, with Stella Lieback. Oh, everybody remembers the hot coffee case in the 90s. Hell, Seinfeld did an episode where they made fun of it with Kramer getting lattes for life with Jackie Child, who was one of my all-time favorite lawyers. I love Jackie Child on uh, Seinfeld. But yeah, I mean, that I'll tell you the story about the coffee sometime. The PI practice was falling apart really falling apart all over the state, just getting way, way, way more corrupt. People, the lawyers keeping the PIP, taking fees on the PIP, taking half the PIP. PIP is something you're entitled to. It's personal injury protection insurance. It, you get it as a matter of course if you fill the files out. We would charge 100 bucks to fill the forms out and make the application. We didn't charge them a percentage on PIP. That's ridiculous. But all the lawyers do, what they do, they take it in. They take basically a third or half your PIP, and then they would try to sell the rest of the case. They didn't care. There were so many other scams that went on in the law, but I'm running out of time today, I can see. So I will tell you next time about the hot coffee case. I will give you some more insight into uh, different things I've done in my legal career so you can understand that. I, I can tell you more about class actions. I've been class counsel a couple times. Uh, there's all sorts of stuff people don't know about the law, and I think it's helpful for them to get an insider's view like that. And it's pretty entertaining because uh, so much crazy stuff. I haven't even told you about, you know, a tenth of the stuff that happened during that first 10 years. And there's so many more things that have happened since then. And I'm going to have to delay that until next time. And the next episode of this is actually inside of my Patreon account. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I screwed you. Sorry. I, uh, now, I put it in there because I've got some members. I opened it last week, and I want to incentivize people to join. And if they don't want to join, then they don't want to join. That's fine. There's plenty of free material outside the wall. And if people enjoy my stuff, there's stuff inside the wall. So that's just the nature of the situation at this point. If I come up with a better way to monetize it, I will. But as of right now, I've put the second episode of this inside my Patreon account right now. And I'm gonna, I've got other ideas for another cool shows and stuff. I'm going to put those in there as well. But anyway, it's just getting going. And I hope you enjoy that because there's all sorts of stuff 
you should go over and at least look at the account if you like my uh, podcast because I do offer a couple of interesting things and one of them is a consult with me, which I think if people took advantage of it, boy, I could save them an awful lot of money in the long run instead of getting themselves involved in some total shit show. They expect some lawyer to unwind. And because I never have a conflict, because I'm never going to ever take your case, you can get really seriously objective uh, advice from me. And I think that's a huge advantage if people would take it. Anyway, that's all uh, I'm going to say about that right now. And I hope uh, you enjoyed the show. I hope to see you inside my Patreon account. It's patreon.com slash the quash. But if I don't see you in there, then that's fine. We'll have our time out here. And you can always follow me at Twitter. I'm Legal Man at U.S. Law Review. And you've got my podcast. You, you can subscribe to it. It comes out on Thursdays, sometimes bonus on Sunday. And anyway, that's where we are. I think that's going to be my show today. Like I said, if you want to hear the next part, it's in my Patreon account and it's not going to be made public. So, <laughs> fuck you, legal man. You screwed us. <laughs> Free market's a bitch. Uh, I think Biden's going to fix that. He's going to make me have to put everything outside. <laughs> All right, that's my show. Hope everybody has a nice night or day wherever you are. Take care. Take it